Welcome to Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm your host, Megan Pastrana. Falling in love is exciting. Maintaining a healthy relationship takes work. And when you're going through an immigration process, you are faced with unique challenges. This podcast is for anyone in a cross-cultural relationship who finds themselves lost in the labyrinth of U.S. immigration. We will interview relationship experts, explore the stories of real couples, and provide important tips on starting the next chapter of your lives together. Welcome to this week's episode of Navigating Love and Immigration. I am very excited for our guest today. I've had lots of questions from current clients and prospective clients and followers of the podcast and our social media channels about, hey, I got my visa, I have my fiance visa, my spouse visa, or I helped my parents obtain their green card. What do I do about insurance? Health insurance is so important. So I have someone here today who is an expert with 20 plus years of experience, Brian Canelli. He's a senior benefits insurance consultant. And he has really found this unique niche in helping individuals in this specific situation understand what are your options? What are your next steps? So, Ryan, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's I really appreciate your time. And we'll just dive right into the topic, how I found you. You had this article about health insurance for fiancé visa recipients. And that's one of the biggest questions I get from fiancé visas. So thank you so much for being here. And I'll let you, I'll turn the mic over to you. What should an individual who has just received their fiance visa, what options do they have? What steps should they take to obtain health insurance? No, oh, thanks for having me. That's a great question. Um, they have multiple options. And so uh, like we talked about uh, before this, there's not one size fits all. So whether you're married, engaged, uh, coming over on a, or visa, spouse visa, you've got a lot of options and not a lot of people know about all the options. Um, you know, one of them is called the international travel policy that's designed for people temporarily coming here to the United States, um, whether it's 12 months or 36 months, um, those are options. There's other options with, um, even the marketplace, people think, oh, I, you know, I, I am not a citizen. I can't get a plan through the marketplace. Well, you actually can, you can't get a subsidy, but you can qualify to pay the full amount. They don't require citizenship, um, to get a plan through the marketplace. Um, there's also plans called, um, short-term plans, which is a little deceiving, but a lot of states will offer those for up to 36 months. Um, and they're relatively inexpensive and, um, you actually just have to answer a few questions, qualify and you're insured, you know, the next day. So. Those are some of the kind of some of the most popular options. Um, you know, since COVID's kind of winded down here, we're seeing a huge increase in just the amount of people interested in asking. Um, and I found out through, you know, um, you and other people that, you know, there's not a lot of information out there. And so we've become kind of a niche agency that does, um, you know, a lot of, deals with a lot of these questions and complicated, um, issues and. It's really not that complicated. There's just a lot of information to absorb. And, you know, I think of myself going to another country, you know, where would I start? And I'd probably Google and, and figure it out from there. And if I didn't find information, I don't know, you know, where I would start. So that's kind of the starting point of, you know, where to go. Okay. So a couple, so that the, the travel is temporary visitor coverage, you said, and then their short-term plans and the marketplace. I think that's really interesting. I know a lot of people are afraid 
to get on the marketplace because in immigration, you want to be really careful that you're not taking government benefits for which you're not eligible. So I, I know a lot of immigrants were afraid of even looking at the marketplace and accidentally getting a subsidy. So that was interesting to learn from you that that's an option, you know, to consider. Yeah. And um, there's a fear for that. And so what I recommend for people that are looking at the marketplace is if you go to the healthcare I cover, go to the marketplace, you can, you can go to our site, um, find a plan you want. And then let's say, you know, it's Blue Cross of your state. You can go to the Blue Cross website directly and apply for that plan uh, through the insurance company and not through the marketplace so that you're kind of avoiding that, you know, uh, that step getting sucked into some black hole or, you know, tied to, um, sharing information that you don't want to do. And, you know, a lot of times people might accidentally answer a question wrong because the questions can be confusing and hard to understand. And all of a sudden it'll say, you know, please report to, you know, this local agency or, you know, call Medicaid or whatever in they know they don't qualify, but you have to physically call or go in sometimes to get out of these black holes. So if you do that route and do apply for a plan, just go directly to the insurance company and mm -hmm. apply for that plan. But you can use the marketplace to shop because those same plans are available directly um, through the insurance companies. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a really, really good piece of advice because you're right. For, for individuals, you know, they're starting a whole nother chapter in a whole nother country, oftentimes in a, in a new language. And then, you know, I, I got, you know, they have their U.S. citizen uh, spouse to help, too. But for them, this is all new, having to try to obtain health insurance for someone who's in this, for lack of a better word to describe it, limbo is how you feel sometimes when you're in, in this fiancé visa phase of the process. So that's really great advice to use the marketplace as a place to just look at the options, but then go through, um, you know, an, an insurance through that insurance company or use the services of someone, you know, like, like you to help be a guide, because it sounds like a lot like immigration, a lot of black holes, you answer one question uh, unwittingly or innocently thinking that, you know, this is the right answer. And then it causes issues and then you're stuck. Um, so that's really great advice. And so for, and I know it's, I know you, we were talking earlier and it's state by state, but a lot of times spouses, when they, well, before they become spouses, they bring their fiance, they have this fiance visa they get married and then they want to add their their now spouse to their health insurance plan at work. And sometimes they found that they can't. So are you able to kind of give like a 30,000 foot view of if, you know, why yeah. that happened and what they can do next? Yeah. So um, some states or some, if your company is like 20 employees or smaller in many states, um, that is subject to different rules that if your company is larger than 20, or over 50 employees. Um, so if you're, I'm from Illinois, I'm here in Chicago. So if you're a company that has less than 20 total employees, you know, small company, mom and pop shop, uh, you know, by law, they have to add you to the plan um, within, 30, within 30 days of the, you know, actual wedding date. As a large employer, they have the option of making in the rules when they want. So they could say spouses aren't allowed in the plan when they get married or, or ever, or only during open enrollment at this time. And usually it's the, it's that the latter is whenever the open enrollment is. And usually it's, you know, starts in December and the plan starts January 1st. Usually that's the window when you can add your, your spouse. Um, because most large companies just have that window one, cause it makes it easier for their HR people. And two, it just, you know, um, allows them to, um, 
know, have, you know, an easier system, especially, you know, a large company with 40 different locations, three states, they're not going to, um, you know, kind of make exceptions. So that's kind of the, um, the advice I, I recommend there. And that's where these short-term plans or, you know, international plans may come in to fill in those, those gaps or the marketplace, um, you know, once you're married and, um, if your spouse is on a marketplace plan, you can be added to their plan. Um, but only if you've had insurance, um, in the last 60 days. So that's another kind of thing to be wary of is that just because you're married and your, um, wife or husband is on the marketplace, you still need to have prior coverage if you're outside of, um, the open roll period, which starts in November and December 15th and the plan starts January 1st. So, okay. um, the, those are a lot of dates, you know, it's confusing, but it's the same every year. November 1st, it's the first day you can roll. December 15th is the last day you can roll and the plans start January 1st. Okay. All right. And, um, so that's exactly where, where, where I hear couples kind of get stuck is they get married and then that open enrollment period, a lot of times it's the, probably that larger company then. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not able to add, even though we're married, I can't add my spouse. And so we have this period of time you know, be it whatever, four or six months. And so you're taught, you're, you're saying that really it's kind of the same steps or the same options as when the person came on a fiance visa, start looking at some of that short, short-term coverage, look at marketplace, bridge that gap until you have open enrollment at your company to add your spouse. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's it's so important too, you know, that we're talking here about insurance, but I want to mention too, for the listeners, I know a lot of couples, they have to prove their relationship to immigration and prove that it's real immigration is looking at you combining your finances and combining your life. And a lot of times they'll have questions about, well, why don't you have this joint insurance? So I know couples are are worried, oh my gosh, you know, I can't get my spouse on the plan. But uh, it's really important, you know, also to show to immigration, you know, to have this insurance. So it's just this, it's just the way it is, the way it's set up. There's not going to be a way to get around it. So you can have that, that combined um, evidence. Um, of your joint health insurance, you need to bridge that gap and then be able to add your spouse later. Is it the same? So for couples who are going through the spouse visa process, they're 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 going to get married. Their spouse will come to the United States as a green card holder. Is it a similar set of steps, or what should they be aware of for spouse visas? It's actually the same steps. I, I mean, if you're talking about the employer part, it's actually going to be the same unless there is a specific exclusion. You know, it's going to be very specific that says, you know, we don't allow this exact type of spouse visa until this date. And the only time that really comes to place, like unions, like big teacher unions might have rules like that, um, where they're just very old and grandfathered in, but. 90% of the policies or the rules that will apply the same way as before the way for open enrollment. Um, or if they, you know, uh, not everyone has the same open enrollment days for, for their company. You know, some people have December 1st or July 1st, or it could be any month of the year. Um, you know, most companies are January 1st because they like to start the plan year with a deductible, but, um, you know, we do a lot of group insurance and I would say. Every month we have, you know, about 10% of our book is each month. And it really isn't January 1st anymore like it used to be. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of couples mention that they have all different start dates. And so then that kind of I've noticed like that they'll have a four month gap or however long until we're able to get that green card and and get them to um, or get them on a, another plan, um, like you're saying. The other situation that we have individuals asking about is once an individual becomes a United States citizen, something they often like to do is be able to petition for their parents and bring their parents with a green card. And a lot of times that decision is based on the fact that their parents are, you know, older and they're they're they've moved here to the United States with their spouse. They want to bring their parents so their parents can be here, the family unit, and they can take care of them. Parents enter the United States, they have this green card, and then, you know, they find, hey, I'm not eligible for Medicare. So that's, you know, we were talking about that earlier. They won't, they're not going to immediately be eligible for Medicare. So what are options for seniors, for people who brought their parents, they have a green card. How can we make sure they get that needed coverage? Great, it's a great question. It comes up a lot. Um, so, senior, I mean, even if they're over sixty-five and they're not eligible for Medicare, they are eligible for the marketplace. Um, we had someone enroll uh, through marketplace plan last month, ninety years old, um, and the rate was it was not cheap. It was uh, almost eighteen hundred dollars a month, but it was um, you know legal. They could get the plan and there's no pre-existing condition. So that's option one. Uh, another option is they have those international plans for seniors um, that are designed exactly for those um, exact situations. A lot of them don't have pre-existing conditions or they might have like a six month waiting period before you have a surgery or something like that, um, just so they can avoid people coming over, getting some type of surgery and then leaving. Um, but those are really good options as well. And probably, um, you know, more cost effective than a marketplace plan at the full rate, depending on, you know, what state you're in. Um, if you're in a state-based exchange like California, Colorado, um, Virginia is moving into their own state-based exchange this year. Um, unfortunately they have different rules now than, than the marketplace. So I think there's going to be 13 states now that have their own state-based exchanges. The good thing about those states is they actually have, I would say, more relaxed rules for immigrants and immigration laws. So like Colorado's a good example, or California, um, they will allow you to, you know, jump on and off uh, plans based on your, your situation or just moving. Um, whereas, you know, the marketplace may not allow that. Um, if you're in a healthcare like upstate. So depending on where you end up, you know, if you are in one of the state-based exchange um, states, which essentially is, there's too many to count now, but Washington, California, Colorado, we're the big Nevada now. Um, and the East Coast, it's, you know, New York, Massachusetts, uh, Connecticut. And um, I guess those are the main ones. And then in Virginia this year is, you know, being added to that. Mm -hmm. But that's good to hear that they have a little bit more, you know, support or options, I guess, for immigrants. I mean, that's that's really helpful. Um, yeah, I really, really appreciate your your time here today. And even though you're in Chicago, you can help anybody regardless, right, of where they live in the United States? That's correct. So we're licensed. I'm licensed in 46 states. So the only states I can help people in is uh, Hawaii, Idaho. New Hampshire and Connecticut. Okay. 
Open, so, but everywhere else. Yeah. But even though I'm not licensed in those states, I can still help. Um, so I don't, um, you know, discriminate based on whether I'm licensed or not. If I can help or point in the right direction, um, I'd be happy to. Okay. And I hope awesome. I provide some help. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your time and answering these questions. This will give a lot of our viewers and listeners tons of support and clarity um, because you've, they've already gone through an immigration process and it's like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> I just want to be done. So that, that will be great to have your guidance. We will post your you have a scheduling tool, a scheduling link. So if individuals want to make an appointment with you to get more information, to have you help guide them on all of these these nuances and intricacies, um, we'll put that below so they can schedule. Is there any other social media or, or contact information that you want viewers to be aware of, things that they should check out? Yeah, I mean, I, I can share our um, LinkedIn page or our Instagram. It's got information on there. But our, if for people who need help, every case is different. So we have a scheduling tool and it says, you know, what's your situation? What's your name? Tell us about that. Because a lot of times it takes some research. So um, our goal is to help people and not just help you for five seconds and then tell you, you know, good luck. It's kind of helping through the whole process. So we get some type of, uh, you know, it feels good to help people, you know, that need it. Um, so that's kind of why when I kind of connected. So thanks for, for having me. This is yeah. ho hopefully somewhat helpful. It's been more than somewhat helpful. This is amazing. I had been looking for a referral, a, a referral or a reference for my clients and, and, and not clients, people who are just following our firm and, and getting clarity on their immigration journey. And you're an amazing resource. I don't know anyone else out there that it's had as much helpful information and guidance. So thank you again. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody who's listening or watching. Please check out the show notes for that scheduling tool and links to uh, Ryan's social media. And he also has written some great articles. We'll post those links in there as well. Thanks again for watching. Until next time, take care.